What? A cheater? Like, <laughs> how we gonna pull that off? So what was it like? Who won? Tell me about it. What's up? Man, the cheater ended up beating me at the end. He barely won, man. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> Before they get in your Montgomery and on Montgomery and Company today we have a fun one. We have Michelle Roberts, the former executive director, aka the HWIC over there at the MBPA. And we also have Chris Johnson, and I know y'all know who that is. It's the NFL player that raced an animal, and yes, we're going to talk all about that. We're gonna bring it to the pod today. Would you rather be rich and famous, or would you rather be rich and unknown? And of course, we're gonna talk about the All-Star game. It was in Cleveland. There's been a lot of talks about Will it be an an all-star game in Atlanta soon? Just so people know, the all-star games gravitate to the places that have newly renovations. We'll talk all about it in a second. Okay, so sports fans, I know we all got to be feeling the same type of feels. Two weeks ago was Super Bowl week. Leading in, we are, everything was about the Super Bowl, the storylines. We had Joe Cool. We had L.A. having the Super Bowl at home at SoFi Stadium. We had a lot going on over there. And then this week, we had All-Star Weekend. And we all know if you're a basketball fan, that's pretty much one of the major marquee events in the NBA, not just in the NBA, in the entertainment industry. And it, and it did not disappoint in a sense of there were stars there. It's just tough because Cleveland – is a a city that has four seasons. And why is that important? Because we saw everyone talking about the snow. We saw Shaq Diesel come in there in the full-length fur. We saw Carl Anthony Towns come in in the full-length fur. We saw people indicating that, yes, it's cold. You know, we saw WNBA Twitter tweeting about how cold it was. But hello, baby, it's All-Star Weekend. We all got to start peaking. But now we're moving on from the professional sports. And for the sports fans, we're not really done yet. Because if you're like me, I dabble in a little bit of everything, and that's NFL, that's NBA, that's WNBA, and that's also college sports. So now we're on the verge of March Madness. And so for me, there's the women's side and there's the men's side. And I don't know. I'm bringing it back up in case people forgot. But NCAA, you are on call right now because – we remember last year there were some differences and I don't, you know, I, I did forget a couple other things. Roy's already telling me in the chat, hey, what about hockey? Yeah, shouts to hockey too and baseball, but baseball right now, we, you know, they in a little lockout situation. But when it comes to March Madness, I want to bring up this topic again about the brands. There were so many brands that raised their hand that wanted to be volunteers tribute to help take care of the women's basketball side of things. The NCAA tournament finally allowed women to use the term March Madness in 2022. What? Like, okay, but I digress. March Madness is upon us and there's things that we're going to be looking at. There's things that we're going to be watching for. And, you know, for me, I'm going to be calling the men's NCAA games on the men's side. So I'm going to get a firsthand seat about what's going on on the men's side. But I always like, you know, we talked about intentionality being the word for this year. I want to be very intentional about how we look at the tournament. We're happy with the wins that we have. We really are. I'm happy that we can call it March Madness. I've been doing it anyway. Sue me. I've been already calling it March Madness, whether it's the men or women. I'm happy that it's a thing now and it's a branding thing. But I want us to be very intentional about 
how we cover the women's side of March Madness as opposed to how we cover the men's side of March Madness. What brands are attached to it? What brands raised their hand and was like, yeah, we're so down. We didn't know about it. Everybody knows about the problem now. So as sports fans, let's get into all of it. And that includes hockey. Okay, Roy, that includes hockey. That includes the PHF. That includes everything. Like, let's just get into it, sports fans, on both sides of it because we always say it's a generational thing. And we didn't say it's a generational thing for men or it's a generational thing for women. It's just a generational thing. And this is these athletes' legacy. I can remember my March Madness. So let's get into it, everybody. All-Star Games, I don't know if people even know this, but All-Star Games are awarded to whoever has recent renovations to their gym or a new gym. Hence why Super Bowl was just now at the LA gym because that's how it works. Can I give you some information or insight on that background on the new stadium that we just had the Super Bowl at? So apparently the billionaires are suing each other. They're suing the life out of each other because what? supposedly because of the way that stadium is set up, there is a contract. The guy who actually bought the stadium and did all this stuff, he's a Walmart person. He's a Walmart husband. So he married into that money. But he negotiated with the owners because they own team to have it there. But when those new renovations come into place, the cost of certain things are split amongst all the owners. And so he's beating them for their pockets. So now they're all suing them. So there was a big mess about this Super Bowl. Yeah, he's a Walmart husband. That's why I say he's a husband. A because, Walmart uh, husband. I because, I to him like Walmart well, husband. A Walmart husband because he's not the Walmart family. He married into the Walmart family. He's not one of the original people or family members he's who are actually. He's not original Walton. Yeah. It's like, I was just about to say, okay. this reminds me of the House of Gucci. because oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We just saw that movie. Yeah. We just saw the movie, The House of Gucci. And at a certain point, everybody working at Gucci was the Gucci family because that's where it comes off of the Gucci name. Hence Montgomery and Company. Come on, Snookabook, <laughs> get into it. So this is the House of Montgomery, and we will keep family members yeah. in the House of Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. But to that point, Cole was talking about he married into the House of Walmart, and he's <laughs> suing people. And, and so just a little backstory about that. There's all kinds of fans like, why isn't the games happening at our city? We need it the most. And Cleveland was one of those cities that – you know, was really happy to get it because all-star games and anything like that brings in so much Revenue. money for the city. Revenue. It brings in a lot of money. So people want it in their home city just first of all, because that's lit for it to be in your home city, but also because it brings in money. The reason that your city might not be getting an all-star game is because sports teams, sports leagues, they like to reward people that are keeping up, I would say, their standard. So if you have a newly renovated gym, well, you might be getting an all-star game soon because they want to help you pay back for that newly renovated gym. If you have a brand new stadium, like SoFi Stadium, hello, Super Bowl, it just happened there. If you have a new stadium, the chances of you getting a Super Bowl or an all-star game or anything like that, it shoots up through the roof because they want to help you essentially get back your funds. And so, you know, I saw our producer, Roy, I saw him throwing a fit online about Miami. And that, look, we all want All-Star in Miami. I'm going to tell you right now, if All-Star hits Miami, it's going to be all. We're in there. Montgomery and Company is in the building. But it's going to be a show. But the reason that Miami might not get it, 
I just, and again, this is all hearsay. This isn't facts, but I'm hearing that it's because of the boat race that goes on every year in Miami that brings in millions of people. And there has to be a certain level of hotels available, a certain level of everything available. The for par level. The par the level. The par level. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just, that's just what we wanted to bring up when it came to All-Star. But I want to hear y'all's thoughts because All-Star was very, there was a lot of controversy in a sense of the dunk contest. Some people said it was the worst dunk contest of all too. time. Yeah, uh, they changed some things. So what are your thoughts sound off about All-Star Game, your initial thoughts? Like, how are we feeling? Uh, Let me just digress to the hotel situation. And maybe Cleveland might not have been such a big market city like Los Angeles or New York, where they had a lot more of those rooms that they needed to cover everyone. So maybe that was part of the reason why they couldn't accommodate the players at the five stars, because they just didn't have the number of hotels or whatever. But anyway, uh, I love the new format for the All-Star Game where they play each quarter and it goes to charity. It makes it so much more exciting. I mean, every quarter I was on the edge of my seat uh, with that. And um, the halftime, I didn't like it quite as well as I did the Super Bowl halftime, but it was nice. First of all, are you comparing the Pepsi halftime performance put on by Rock Nation to the NBA 75 honoring of the 75 legends in the NBA? You know, after and as you said before, it was the week before. So, you know, you come off a high with the Super Bowl halftime to that. And then the other thing is that I really I mean, I was really over the top with was the celebration of the 75 because a lot of those players I actually got a chance and opportunity to see actually play and to see them you know how you know they're like me they're age trying to age gracefully and all of that it was just wonderful seeing <laughs> all of those individuals oh, okay, okay so we're going to just bypass Snook comparing the Super Bowl halftime show <laughs> to the NBA halftime show right. we know that she knows there's no comparisons but she's just saying halftime to halftime she did like that we saw the NBA 75 I'll just I'm just cleaning it up for Snookabooka. We know that there's no comparison there. Well, Sam, how did you feel about this year? I mean, I I love watching the All-Star games and everything, but I feel like Atlanta, you know, we need a do-over, first of all. Renee was talking about that. We might possibly get it back in Atlanta. Okay, we need to make that happen because in 2021, we were, you know, of course, we're still in the pandemic, but nobody got to enjoy the All-Star over here in Atlanta. You know, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottom was like, "Uh uh-uh, stay out of Atlanta. Y'all ain't coming to Atlanta. Atlanta is closed. So, you know, even the Super Bowl, okay, the Super Bowl halftime show when it was in Atlanta, it did not pay any tribute to any Atlanta artists. We had Maroon 5. I love Maroon 5, but we needed to have Jermaine Dupri. We needed to have Outkast. We needed to have people two that chains. represented, you know, Big Boy, <laughs> uh, you know, even 2 chains. Exactly. You know, we needed to have people that represented Atlanta, just like the Super Bowl um, in LA. You know, we had, they had Snoop, they had Kendrick, they had, you know, they had a whole bunch of people that represented the, the city. So I feel like we need a do-over on that. I, you bring up a good point because Rock Nation almost set a standard now that wherever the city is, where the Super Bowl is, like they really turned up. And yes, we know Eminem is not from L.A. A lot of people let everybody know that Eminem is not from L.A., but 
the whole theme of that Super Bowl felt very L.A. So to that point, what Serena's saying, what if every Super Bowl in the city felt very like that city? The only problem is what about artists that are not from those cities where there's a team that comes into play? I, I like we get yeah, that. But yeah, so we, we need a do over. I'm just saying Atlanta needs a do over, you know. Okay. But with that being said, I did I did like the, the halftime show for the All-Star game just because, like Snook said, you know, those were a lot of the players that a lot of people grew up loving and and when Michael Jordan came out, he was, yo, it gave me chills. I felt like I was in the arena with them. When he came out, the applause was just, it was out of this world. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, you know, all hail to the goat, to the king. It was it was something else. I liked that, actually. And I liked the performance before. Mary J came back. She went from the Super Bowl to the all-star, you know, performance. It wasn't a halftime show. It was the one for the celebrity game. But it was cool. It was, I, I loved it, actually. I thought it was a really, really put well put together program. You know, I'm into production and stuff. So. Eminem is a Dr. Dre guy. This is Roy is feeding us these nuggets. Eminem is a Dr. Dre guy as well as 50 Cent. So to put it in perspective too, it was still very LA because if Dr. Dre is doing it, those are people that he, you know, had he's connected to. So this year in the three-point contest, we all know that Carl Anthony Towns, a center, won the three-point contest for the first time ever. And then Carl Anthony Towns went online to Tweet, I told you that he started a, a Instagram. I told you for that. Then he did a YouTube for I told you. So Cole, how does this rank for the big guys? Is this a change happening where a center won the three point contest? I mean, we know this is positionless basketball now, but what are your thoughts on a center winning a three point contest? I love you it. See, and this is something that I don't have no idea. I'm like, what's a center? I don't even know. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I love it. I love it. As a matter of fact, I applauded when he walked out there and busted out. I was very happy because let me tell you, okay, so my sons are tall guys and so they were tall younger but even my sons being tall guys if they played in the NBA they wouldn't be tall guys but they were tall younger so my children could shoot threes but because they were the tallest kid at the time everybody's like oh you know they don't need that like he said back put them to, on the block put them on the block back to the basket your kids are strong they can do this they can do that they shouldn't dribble and even myself as a girl I was considered tall I'm not considered tall in WNBA league but I was always tall as a girl younger I was always one of the tallest girls um, me and a couple other friends and my coach I love him dearly he said buffaloes don't dribble so you too big to dribble you too big to dribble I mean seriously that's the way we were taught you were too we were too tall to dribble you give it to the guard the guard is the shortest person they have control so it was the same concept so when he said that I was like yes because let me tell you I don't know how tall my youngest son's going to be, but he's trending to be tall, tall. And so I want him to feel like he can shoot a three. He could play any position. And that's the thing. I want him to have guard skills. I want him to be able to shoot the three because we know we've seen where the uh, center rebounds and can't even get the ball off to the person because they haven't been taught to dribble. They haven't been taught to shoot. They might be in a situation where they have to shoot the three. So to that point, Cole, you bring up a great point because in America, we've seen that when we have taller players, we automatically make them post players and we automatically put their back to the basket and we stop developing their skill set. But when you look at the big man in the NBA, you start to see that it's the international big man in a sense of their big men can shoot, their big men can pass, their big men can, can dribble. dribble. Oh, and yes. now you see that that's the only big men that is surviving and thriving in the NBA right now because of the skill set. I mean, yeah. I'll say it till the cows come home. 
Andre Drummond is a 2020 man. He was getting 20 points and 20 rebounds for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because he was a typical big man and back to the basket, doesn't really shoot threes, they literally said, we would rather sit you on the bench and pay you to sit on the bench than to actually play you. And you still get your 2020 because the style of play was so different that they couldn't play their style of play. Cat is 6'11", shooting threes, winning a three-point contest. Again, he's not an international big man, but he is the progression of the big man. And so for me, being a point guard, I was like, Trey, what you doing, bro? Like, you gotta <laughs> come on with it. You gotta win. Hey. You gotta put it down. But as a fan of the sport and as a fan of the game, I mean, you can just see the progression. A center winning the three-point contest is wild. And you know what? It also makes you question whether other centers just didn't even enter the ring because it wasn't for them. You know, it's like, or the coach you know, told them, bet not be shooting no cent, you know. Be- yeah, I mean, or were they ever even entered again? That's what I'm a lot saying, were they even that, entered? Right. A lot of times that you're selected for the, like, you know, they say you were selected all star. You were selected for the three point contest. So a lot of times, I don't know how many centers they were even looking to select. So, you know how they say Steph Curry ruined the game? I was just about to say, y'all speaking a foreign language, but I, to me, but I did here three points so I was like can we talk about Steph Curry real quick because he was dropping in three pointers like nothing how many points did he even drop it wasn't like 40 something yeah Steph dropped a 50 piece nugget in the game and speaking of three point contests I was selected for one of the WNBA's three point contests and to that Steph Curry point he really did change the game because he made shooting the three sexy in a sense of it's sexy, it's mandatory, it's what you have to do to survive in this game. And, it's and then he went on and it's entertaining because honestly, he went and stole the MVP from LeBron James. Uh, listen, in his city. Oh, wait, wait. It's both of their city. My bad, my bad. You, you almost didn't remember when they were booing him. Both, bo- when both were he born there in, 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 in Akron. In Akron. In the yeah. same yeah. hospital or something. Yes, Wasn't it in the same hospital yes, or something? Yes, That's crazy. Yes. But, but you know crazy. what, Sam, and what I loved about uh, Steph shooting those threes, I loved, uh, one of the things I loved was watching Trey's face when he turned around and was headed back before it even went through the basket. <laughs> that was a moment to see Trey turn around looking like, wow, you know. <laughs> It's like one magician looking to the other magician. Like, it was wow, like, okay. It was like, wow, this is like, <laughs> like I thought I was dope. And this is the thing, Trey Young. He's going to be a perennial All Star. He's going to keep making All Star games. He's going to find his footing because you could see just we know that Trey Young can shoot better than he did in the three point contest. But it's just so unfortunate that. Carl Anthony Towns is not going to let Trey Young, CJ McCollum, or anyone else in that three-point contest forget that he was the first center ever to win a three-point contest. And everybody's going to be like, who did he beat? That's and I cool. hate that Trey had to be in that, in oh, that me conversation. Too, me too. <laughs> We have, well, she's family now, Michelle Roberts, who was the former executive director of the MBPA. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've heard you speak on plenty of occasions. You don't know that. I was just in the crowd. So I'm really excited to have you on here. Michelle Roberts started as an attorney. Well, you probably started as many other things, but you were an attorney and became the executive director of the National Basketball Players Association. The first woman to hold that position and the first woman to head a major professional sports union. Yes. Yes, we give those up for that because we love to see it around here. The first woman to do so. So I'm curious. Not the last. <laughs> exactly. So I'm curious, when you were setting out to get that role, you were applying, it's never been done. So what made you feel that you were for the you were right for the job? You know, and this this probably will sound arrogant because it is. And so <laughs> right. but I mean, but it took me again, I've been around for a minute, but it took me a, a minute to finally get to a point where I stopped thinking because I'm a woman. This will never happen for me, and so don't even try, right? I'm not going to pretend that, that I you know, came out of the womb with that level of confidence, because I didn't. I got beaten down, by, like all of us have, and all of us will again, many, many times. But at some point, thank God, I stopped saying, don't try. And so the only job I thought I would not apply for was one I thought I couldn't do. And I was confident I could do that job. I don't know why, but I was confident <laughs> I could do that job. Oh, well, you did so that did. job now. I did it Something well. Something within. Uh, Something within. Well. No question mm-hmm. about it. But, you know, but that's the thing. I mean, you know, what shocked me was learning how few women um, had even applied for the job, let alone, you know, even thought about it. I, I don't know how many people thought about it, but, you know, I, I think it would have been much more competitive from, from where I sit if some of the women, that, especially those that I met later who were already in sports, if they had bothered to put in, I think they would be surprised that they would have been given a, a serious look over because these, I don't know, maybe it's generational, but these men were not immediately turned off at the possibility of having a woman help them manage their, their union. So. Well, we always talk about it's a generational thing, and I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly why I was asking you because a lot of the jobs... Women don't get a lot of the jobs because we don't apply for don't, them. Don't even ask. Men will mm-hmm. apply for jobs that they're underqualified for in and just York, take a, in a New York second. <laughs> they'll just take a stab at it and see if they could get the job. And women will be overqualified and think twice about it. No, men will be handed the job a lot of times. They oh, don't yeah. have to even think about it. They'll be approached and said, hey, we're going to hire you over here. You've been targeted and that's it. You know, and we got the men in the podcast listening like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> 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 it's, it's so true. I mean, even in my old life, when I was working at law firms, and I'd change law firms every now and again because I get kind of antsy, and I'd walk in, and 
the male associates would come in my office. I mean, there'd be a line out the door because I was a trial lawyer and they wanted to be in court and telling me how much they could do if they were part of my team. And they didn't know me, right? And they frankly didn't know much themselves. But the women, I had to like say, are you, are you in the litigation section? Yeah. Do you have any interest in doing trial work? I'd love to. Well, why don't you talk to me about it? Just never bothered to raise their hands. And so hopefully that's changing, but it's taken, it's taken a while for us to get to a point where we think we actually can compete, and we can. And we can. And I love that. And so you didn't, like you said, you did it well. So when we're talking about you became the executive director, you did it well. And I'm curious because you're the first woman to come in. That doesn't matter. It's out the way. You already got the position now. How do you get the players to trust you like they did? They don't know you from Adam. They don't. But the good news is they voted me in. I mean, I I wasn't thrust upon them. There was was a, a process. I interviewed. I had to interview twice, actually, in front of the whole body. So they gave me at least the promise that they thought I might be able to do this job because they voted me in. It did take a while. I mean, my predecessor, unfortunately, left on bad terms, and so there was a a certain amount of skepticism among the players that had, I think, very little to do with the fact that I was a woman. I honestly believe No, I'm glad you brought it up because, Yeah. yeah, like how did you get from now the players are feeling a little bit uneasy to they were all in for you? We're talking about players with egos, oh, yeah. rich people. Oh, We're yeah. talking, I, I want people to understand it's not like just managing a normal office. Right. It's not like, these are, these that's not the case with athletes. Oh my God, it's not. There's nothing like the professional male athlete. There's also a certain amount of, of distrust that they have with their teams uh, that, that needs to go someplace, right? So they all have, thankfully, those, those who are lucky have family members that they can, they can count on and to have, sort of have their back. Um, they, you know, they make profess to love the team, but there's, a, you know, there's, a, I think, a healthy amount of cynicism about the team. So, to the extent you can demonstrate that your loyalty is to them and them alone, that you are willing to go to the mattress, right, for them, then it happens. It doesn't happen overnight because these are not men that, despite all their, their issues, they're not, you know, looking for love. Let's put it that way. Right? <laughs> so you have to earn it, but by just being available. Um, being available 24-7, willing to spend the time to be in their space when you don't have to. I probably didn't feel comfortable with, uh, that they felt comfortable with me and for about a year, year and a half. It took a minute. It took okay. a minute, but once it happened, then you, know, then you, don't, you can't screw it up, right? Once you get there. <laughs> <laughs> once you got them, keep it there. Right. And, Absolutely. I'm, and I'm curious because you've done so many good things, and like you talked about, you picked it up when it wasn't necessarily thriving at its best. So what are you most proud of having accomplished in your tenure while there, just like after all of that? I think you've seen this on the, on the women's side, probably not as bad because women are much smarter than men, so it's not that much of a problem. But, but there's, everyone's aware in, in the NBA that, that their tomorrow is not promised. I mean, part of them say, oh, I'm going to play here until I'm 50, but they all know they're one injury away from being done. And so there's a certain amount of selfishness that I expected to see, and this on some levels did see. What happened over a period of time was the, the sense of fraternity uh, became just, just, just flourished. I think I'll, I give a lot of that credit to the, the players on my executive committee. I mean, they were really good about sort of rallying the troops. And what they did was, and I think it's the most extraordinary thing in the world, was at some point said, we want the fact that you played in the NBA uh, to be something that's impactful for the rest of your life. If it's not generational wealth, 
then we, there's something else that's got to stand out as being an evidence of your contribution to this game. And it was healthcare for life. So if you played in the NBA for three years, three seasons, then if you live to be 130, you will have free healthcare for life. Amazing. We need you in office. We need you in office. We need you in office. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. It was. It was. It was something that the players. You know, that was. I'm not gonna say they all said yes. That's a great thing. We should. They didn't. That's not how it worked. But but the the conversations that were had were really inspiring to me. And when they when they passed it, they're now as proud of it as we are. And I can't tell you the number of uh, the, the, the retired players who have sent letters to Chris or me or anyone just saying this is extraordinary. So anything that we can do, anything that we've done for players that are no longer playing, I think just show the strength of that fraternity, of that brotherhood. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by it, and I hope that it never, ever ceases. It's kind of what I see, frankly, among the women players at a level that's that's and don't tell anybody, but it really is clear <laughs> than it is among the men. Now, maybe because it's a smaller group, but I, but I like to think it's just because, you know, women have just been, I, I think, we, Mama, you raised us that way to be <laughs> just sort of mindful of the, of the entire family, not just ourselves. And, and, and boys yes. are not given the same encouragement in some regards. I, eh, I'm making it up. But in any event, that's, <laughs> no, what, I love that. that's what I'm most proud of, the, the, health, the health thing. I have a couple other things. I had a great team to help me out. I'm just curious what it was like working with the executive committee. I was a part of the executive committee in the WNBA at one point. There's a special thing there that I don't think people know what happens behind the scenes. They see these things go out. Yeah, you played three years. You get health care forever. They don't understand that that's a lot of conversations. That's a lot of people involved making that happen. It's, it's a lot of work. And for those of you who have done that, I mean, you don't have to be on the executive committee, right, Renee? You, you can just play and, and get paid and be done with it and, you know, vote every now and again with the union. But it is a lot of work. And we just had a great group of players that put in the work. For me, I mean, I felt lucky because it was something that I really cared about, about a group of men that I really cared about. So it was fine. I mean, we've done... God, I mean, you know, we had, I, I was shocked when I got to the union and there was no staff that was available to allow help players with, with just physical issues. That instead they had to either rely on their team physicians or on, the, on their own dime seek out second opinions. And so we put together a medical team. I was shocked that there was no mental wellness uh, component that was there for players. I mean, I can't think of anything more stressful than playing, I don't know how you guys do it, and playing, performing in front of thousands of people, and then, you know, making a mistake, right? I mean, the life of a professional athlete is stressful, and there was nothing there except, you know, you go to your team shrink, you think so? No, that's not going to happen. So that wasn't available. There was a retired players association, but there was nothing that helped players transition from actually playing to being retired. And the more I heard about those kinds of issues, I thought we have to have some staff that's available to help with that transition. Unlike the W, where most women graduate from college, most of our guys do not. And so unless you did well, you know, you either forget about going back to college or can't afford it. So we got a tuition assistance program. We created a sanctuary in, in, in Midtown New York for our players. And Renee Young, you've been there, right? So yep. the players, when they come to New York, they don't have to try to find some place where they can work out in private. They have their own place. That's right it's there It's nice, Midtown. too. Don't it's, listen. It's lovely. That place is nice. <laughs> it's lovely. It's lovely. And it's, and it's for the players, right? But I tell my staff, I used to, when I, when I, when I used to run the place, that 
if the players come in and they're looking at you funny, move. Just get out of the way. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's their spot. They, they can do business there. We now have a, we have a podcast studio there, by the way, Renee. So you're welcome wow. to use it. Oh, um, oh, you know, wow. just any number of things. Anything we could think of that would help the players, you know, sort of in, in their in their current. And as current players and then future players, we looked at it, assessed it, figured out where we could go, and then we did. And then finally, I, I love this, um, the league used to manage our intellectual property rights, our group licensing rights, and I couldn't figure that out. I, I could not figure out why football, soccer, hockey, baseball, all those unions manage their own commercial rights, except the NBA. And so we took them back. And now we've got, a, we have a wholly owned subsidiary, for-profit subsidiary, that last year, I think we brought in $280 million. So it's, it's Baby, just, you better take it back. <laughs> <laughs> right? and, 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 and it didn't make any sense that, that right. the league would do it for us and then we would pay them a certain percentage of the profit. Why? And they would negotiate deals for us, even when, even though they were in the deal. So that we cut all that crap out. But a lot was done. <laughs> a lot was done, but, but, but it could, none of that could, that could have been done without the players being engaged in that. Um, well, it took a lot of forward thinking, too. A lot of forward thinking. Yes. And looking at the big picture, too. I will say that I had a pretty low bar. I mean, my predecessor, um, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I shouldn't be critical because I don't know him, but... I walked into what I thought was a, a, a startup, even though the union was 60 years old. But you know, if I didn't, if, if the, at the moment you say, I don't want to have to put in that work, it's time to leave, because that really is what's required. I mean, if you want to be, you know, want to work nine to five, be a pharmacist. But if you want to work with professional <laughs> no. athletes, you know, you're going to have to just put, put in the work. I love that. My sister's a pharmacist, so it's a nine to eight job or whatever they work. It's but a yeah, hour that's day. you know, my brother. My brother was he's retired now. Was a pharmacist, and every time I say that, he says, "No, you need to find something else." Yeah. To <laughs> We'll talk about a mailman or something. Don't act, like, don't act like being a pharmacist is, is it walking the park. Or it's not. <laughs> it's I was going to say, yeah, you pick another a doctor, a lawyer, and a doctor. Like, what in, what in the world? But I'm curious. You said that they call you about anything, no names, but what's the wildest request or wildest thing you had fire you had to put out? Like, I'm, I don't know, but I know that I've been in a locker room and heard fire stories. So, what's the, what's the, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, sadly, it normally involves some, um, and again, the, the, there's some very serious calls where someone's got a yeah. really serious issue. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I would, I'd venture to guess that most of them are, but the, I guess one of the most, the, the, in the absurd category would be, yes. you know, the, I, would be some, normally some some woman who, look, look she's about to call my girl, when my girl is to that's when my sympathy level is kind of low. Right? What they were doing about that? <laughs> I don't that's know. That's when you got to play mama for real. <laughs> that's when you you better grow up. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, well, you, you need to you know, check out what's, you know, keep it in different cities. So, so, you know, so, you know, those, those are the calls that, that I was most like, why are you calling me? But I didn't get a ton of them. Most of the calls were, frankly, oh. serious calls about issues involving their agents, issues involving you know, the way the team was interacting with them, questions right. about you know, the league. Um, but on occasion, and, and if you have a young young men with a lot a lot of money and and who are in my view you know I think professional athletes men and women are just just pe- people are 
looking for opportunities to prey upon you. And so, you know, it takes a minute, I think, especially for the young, I mean, when you first come into the professional world to, to figure that out, that you have to be a little bit more cautious. What do you do? So how did you solve that problem when they call you? Like, can you stop my mistress from calling the wifey? Like, are you Olivia <laughs> no, Pope in it? The answer is no. What you might do is, <laughs> what you might do is, is get another phone. Or if you think that that's not going to do it, you better go tell your wife. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, and I can remind myself that that you know when you're young, you're supposed to make bad decisions, and so I, I try not to be because I did. To I learn mean, from. Oh yeah, we all we all we all we all That's what we can laugh about it now. That's what we're laughing because it is funny. That's exactly right. So I just you know, I, it, it's not you know to just tell them that look, it's not the end of the world. You know, you may have to. Do some shopping because some people be mad at you. Um, but it's not the end, end of the world. You know, we've had some serious, serious, serious problems with, with people trying to blackmail our, our, our players. Um, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure you could tell by this. You could tell by the fans and how the fans try to get the uh, players mm-hmm. to react during games. Because what better piece of evidence is he went off during a game and clocked somebody, and exactly. the whole world saw it. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. arguing that. So you see him. People are spitting on people. They're yelling at them. <laughs> at people and so you know I mean that's obviously what that's for it's obviously that great and Miss Michelle if somebody spat on you at the game like (sighs) girl (laughs) (laughs) don't even go there tell her don't don't even go there you picked the wrong old lady you picked the wrong old lady but the difference is that's what I tell my tell the players you know, it's got, that's going to cost you, especially if the whole world has seen this. That's going to yeah. cost you millions. Don't even do it. And, and I know how hard that is, especially if someone you know, calls you a boy or the N-word. I mean, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're already you know, pumped and hyped. But, you know, you just got to deal with it. And, and most of the energy I spent was with the, with the yelling at the league and the arenas. You know, you got to do something about these. I don't care if they're season t- ticket holders or not. If they don't know how to behave, they, they gotta go. They don't know. They gotta go. No, no, this is entertainment. This is yeah. not, you know. Yeah. So it's you know, it's not the players' fault, but you know, it's gotten better. Well, you know, you talked about the players being millionaires, and you actually even mentioned it earlier. We talk a lot here on Moco about generational wealth because that's something that we are focused on. We're trying to be intentional about it, and not even just for our family, but for a lot of different families that look like our family because it just hasn't happened yet. And so what are your thoughts surrounding generational wealth? You know, and Renee, one of the reasons why you're my hero is that I, I do think it's, our people have never had the real opportunity to do this because we, you know, we're barely able to pay the rent. So the notion of let me pass something on, right? If we can, if we, could, we do well for our families if we make sure that they have clean clothes, and, and, a, and a roof over their heads and some food. So the notion of being able to you know, make it and leave money for the next generation. You know, one of the things I talk to the players about, and I don't have to do much of it because I think guys get it and, 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 and women get it as well, is to do whatever you can to make this game that you've created give you value. And so I'm still grinning about your ownership interest in the dream. I, mean, I think that is so... <laughs> Chill. Like, that's great. That's exactly what what needs to happen more and more and more. The, Thank the, the you, people Michelle. that created this game and continue to add value to these teams need to have an ownership interest in it because those teams, NBA teams, WNBA teams are going to enhance value too. That's where the generational wealth can be can begin from the athlete the athlete's perspective to be created. So 
buying 12 cars, that, that, that should be dead. I mean, I remember the day when you know, you'd turn on this stupid show, I can't think of what it was. It'd feature an athlete's home. And cribs. Oh, Yo, MTV Cribs. cribs. Oh, MTV I, Cribs. Yeah. I used to sit yeah. there and watch that and say, are you kidding me? Right? <laughs> why, you, why, like Mike Tyson had 21 cars. You know, why? 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 Right? That's ridiculous. <laughs> so what I encourage guys to do is to engage and identify revenue-generating opportunities that mm. allow you to make more money than you need to live, that therefore you can leave for your children, the children's children. And one of the one of the obviously ways that could do that is to be, be have an ownership interest in some of these teams. So what I'm hoping is that 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 that's going to happen at a greater level. I mean, right now the league's got conflict rules that don't allow current players to to be owners. But I encourage these these guys um, to think about parking some of their money so when the next owner has to has to sell or wants to sell a stake. You can be in position to get it. You Start know, a little kitty fund for yourself. Put it to the side. Absolutely. So stop opening up these restaurants. <laughs> put, the, put the money inside. Hold on to it so you can get a piece of these teams. And if not an NBA team, then a WNBA team, a hockey team, you know, a soccer team. But get involved in team ownership, right? Because that's you know, sports. For, for, for I guess for, I'm gonna say for better or for worse, but obviously for better, continues to be a billion dollar industry. And we shouldn't be only enjoying revenue by way of a salary. We should be enjoying revenue that comes from ownership because we've created these teams. So, I mean, I... I, I Amen. I make it Amen. Funny. The good news is I don't have any kids. I ain't got to leave anybody, any money, any, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, but, you got but, us now. I used to say... You got a, How many NBA players is it? You got a lot of kids. I, I used to say I had 450 children running around. Thank God they oh. all have my number. But, 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 that's, <laughs> but that's... If I... If, if I did, then I would be about the business of making sure that my, my children could have a better life than I did so that they can make sure that their children... And you can do that by making sure that you, the revenue you generate in your lifetime, is, to the extent you can, not everybody has the skill or the luck or whatever to do it, um, that you, you park it in places where it can continue to grow and work for you and for your family and for your generation. I love that. And I'm curious to ask you about what do you think it's going to take to get that ownership in the NFL? Like there's player we've seen. There's they, have, they have to die. That Those old men have to die. They have to die. They got to go. They have to die. And because they, those teams are so valuable, they ain't letting go. That's Not, the biggest like revenue-making league in the <laughs> world. True. It is it's amazing. I mean, I, I actually, I'm not a football fan, but I, I got to give it to them. They make so much money. Miss Michelle, we thank oh, you so, so much. Oh, yes. That is so, so nice. Oh, so no, my pleasure. The minute I was told, because I've been ignore, acting like I'm you know, not around, and, but my former communications director sends me emails on an occasion. She sent me like seven or eight requests. I said, I'll do Renee Montgomery. We're going to clip that. Look, keep keep doing what y'all are doing. Mama, you should be very proud. You got some great daughters. Oh, I am. Oh, I am. I'm just yeah. here. And a great, great daughter-in-law. Well, Miss Michelle, I thank you so much for joining us here yes. on Welcome. Yes. Yes. Thank you and get some rest. You deserve it. Yes. Yes. I thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Nice meeting you. Thank you for joining. Good meeting you all.
right, so let's play a little this or that. Bring it to the pod. I'm going to start out right now with, would you rather be rich and famous or rich and unknown? Rich and unknown, hands down. Why? Because I don't need you to know my business. I could be rich <laughs> and be happy by myself. I don't need the fame. I don't need to walk outside. I can't get to my car. People record me on my balcony <laughs> or at my friend's house or me trying to buy some spam or something crazy. I don't need y'all to oh, do all that. Wow. I don't need y'all to do all that. I just need for people to leave. I got my money. I'm going to mind my business. You mind yours. Life is good. Amen, sis. Amen, daughter. <laughs> Amen. That's me, rich and unknown. I don't know, Snookabooka. You like the finer things in mm-hmm. life. You like the flash and the pizzazz. I feel like you would be very known by your behaviors. Well, just because I like them doesn't mean that I spent my money for them. So, you know what? You know, <laughs> a lot of people have a lot of nice things that they haven't spent a dime for. So, anyway, you know, I could be living off my uncle's uh, money or something like that but I would rather be rich and I know that way I could go to Disney World I could go mm-hmm. to a, a, a baseball and a softball game I could actually go to the grocery store and buy a hot dog and not get you're you know, too gr- rich for that no one's doing that I want the money money in the cars cars yeah. in the clothes yeah. yeah that's the point well I agree with, with Colin Snug I like to be incognito so I would rather be rich and unknown just because you are not famous doesn't mean that you still can have like glitz and whatever kind of glamour you want you you rich so you can oh, we're gonna it. bring so it it's just not gonna be out loud yeah like bring it serena bring it bring it bring that glitz <laughs> yeah bring it well bring no so it. here's the problem see i don't have to have all the glitz see when y'all get the glitz that comes <laughs> no, they need the uh, yeah, they, they want that glitz, want that glitz. Oh, that's what i'm trying to tell and you that's what i'm saying with the, with the glitz, glitz comes, fame. comes the fame that's what i was you trying to say you can't walk a chinchilla fur with a hat and, and American some, and some, some Jimmy Choo shoes or some red box. You can't do all that and then Thank walk you. through a grocery store and expect people not to know who you are. Snook wants the rich and famous <laughs> lifestyle. I'm going to oh tell you that right God. now. You lifestyle see, of the I rich think, and famous. I think that that's cool though. I mean, I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but I like I like I that. I have friends who had went and bought furs, so they would have them to wear to the grocery store. So, Sam, <laughs> you know what? Serena, that's Serena, what I'm saying. Serena, yeah, Serena, yeah, I was, I was, you would I wear a chinchilla. No, I want to hear from Serena. Serena, you would wear a chinchilla fur to the grocery store. Tell the truth. I mean, Tell the truth. Shame okay, the devil. so I will give a very specific scenario. If I'm on the way to a party, which I have done before, I have gone into Publix with my little fur coat. No, but no, specifically, no, no, no. Cole is asking you if you wake just up on go a Saturday morning, eggs. you go into Publix. You're going to throw on the chinchilla fur with the chimichoos and all that. No. And see, Snook is here for it. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, if it's in the morning, no, because I don't dress like that in the morning. Okay, so but my point is. But if it's in the is, evening and I'm on the way to somewhere okay. and I want to stop Sam, by the grocery store, I will directions. definitely go in the grocery so, store. And I will stand in line with my chimichoos and my chinchilla. <laughs> <laughs> so Cole, she has no answer to so, your question. No, she did yet. answer my question. Mom wants the rich and the famous, and Sam is half and half seasonal. <laughs> she said, if she's got somewhere to go, she can hang out with half with you all and half with me. So, you know. so in the morning okay, she's gonna Sam. be with us, Renee, and in the evening she's gonna be with Snook with her Facts, chinchilla fur. Because her I'm gonna tell you right <laughs> now, yeah, you can't wear chinchilla in the morning. Uh, I mean, yeah, who's that flashy? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be Beyonce. I don't know. I'm gonna go the next time I come down there to Buckhead. 
I'm going to go oh, to Lord. the Publix over there on Atlantic, <laughs> and I'm going to take a survey and see. Well, y'all don't have any cold days, but to see how many people came in there with furs. Or exactly. There's no chin chins over and here in general. Mom up off the floor when she pass out walk around in Georgia with a chinchilla fur on. <laughs> And hot. Oh, it's hot over here. It's like trying to be cute. That's happened before in in general. Trying to be cute will get you in the worst situation. So you know oh, what? It's man. funny because it's great that we can give our answers and then we can tell people that's not your mm-hmm. real answer. So Snook, rich and famous or rich and unknown? Snook a book. Rich and unknown. Oh, she's oh, still she gonna stick to her story. Okay, that's her we're story moving on. She's sticking to it. We're moving on. <laughs> Would you rather? only have so you have to choose one or the other would you only be able to watch live tv or only be able to use streaming platforms cable versus streaming would you rather which one do you want cable (laughs) cable 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 yes so you're going cable? And why are you going cable? I mean, I'm so sick of these people streaming because people are streaming the craziest stuff. You sit there and waste your time, take your time and look and you're like, why did I sit here and watch these fools for the last? I, I just <laughs> would rather go ahead and put it on cable. Let me be able to rewind, fast forward, DVR and everything else I need to do. So you good without Netflix? Ah, she had to think about that one. <laughs> so you're good because Netflix is in the streaming DR, category. DR, so and that's you I was good with your come cable. In at Hulu is streaming. <laughs> yes, Hulu no, is streaming. Yes, Hulu is streaming, but without the live TV. So you would get the Hulu, but not the one that we all have that has live but TV. That so basically, that wasn't the option. Yes, it was. It was live TV or streaming. Okay, so live TV is things that are I would live. Go streaming. Yeah, I'm because, about to change my answer. Okay, because so you're going. I have Hulu now. <laughs> I have Hulu now, and I do the live TV on Hulu. Snuck. I, I, I just said that's live TV. You can't have that I've functionality seen on there. That's what I'm trying to get to. She's saying it all. I have to. You, y'all hear what I deal with with my family? Okay, everybody, listen up. <laughs> Hulu has a sector that is literally called live TV. Yes. That would not be in the Hulu sector if you had to choose between live TV and okay, streaming. I would choose streaming. She says streaming because she's seen everything on the live TV. Because I don't need it. All- I've also, seen everything I, on Okay, it. so I would just say sports is live and you haven't seen the game that's coming on next week. But Snook is going with streaming. But, but you can see it streaming. It can be streamed live. Mom, you can't do live. That's the problem. We have to eliminate live. <laughs> Mom, we have to eliminate live. No. <laughs> She said no. Somebody <laughs> is there. Can somebody help, Serena? Hey, this is what, what happens when you, you get, can follow the directions, Serena. Well, I was going to say this is what happens when you get when you get live. educated women. We get, you know we find technicalities. We can't even play stuff, a game. You know? Y'all see, I can't even play a game with the fam. Everybody wants to make their own rules. I swear that's that, what my mind like, went first. I'm like, well, Hulu does have live streaming, so maybe. yeah. Well, look, <laughs> Hulu, y'all need to cut the check because they made all kinds of commercials that Hulu has live sports. Hulu has live sports. Yes, we. Know, yes, so but Hulu remove. don't have Bally, and I can't watch Renee when she do her Bally and Hawk. So uh, I will have I will have to go with cable because I, I have to stay connected so, to the real okay. world. Cable. Just because, like, it's it's kind of like if I don't watch live TV, I kind of feel like I'm a little bit behind, and then I get FOMO, and I like to be connected to what's happening in the world. You know what's really crazy about that? Now that you're saying this, is that I when she said Netflix, I realized that even though I have cable because I do have cable for uh-huh. the internet. <laughs> what do you be on the most? The internet, 
but I don't even watch cable. I watch literally <laughs> Netflix, Hulu, or Disney Plus. And exactly. if we're going to go further than that, the only reason why cable is getting any of my eyeballs right now or anytime is during the holidays. So any holiday yeah. yep. is the only time I actually watch any type of TV, which is usually Hallmark. So I would have to say I need to go with streaming. <laughs> if sports wasn't a right. thing, I would 100% be streaming only because the only thing that I need to watch live is sports. Is sports. Yes. Everything else, I everything else I watch delayed I anyway. So yeah. it's like I watch people yeah. live tweeting yeah. it and I'm like, yeah. all right, I need to watch that next week. <laughs> Everyone's going with cable? I'm going streaming. I'm no, going no, streaming. I'm, streaming. I'm, I'm like, streaming. I'm going to have to, the sports, this streaming. is where I leave you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with cable. Well, I was going to say the reason, another reason I don't have cable is because get it wait for it wait for it I can't afford it unnecessarily cable y'all better y'all better change your tune cable because we're not taking it anymore yeah. we got yeah. other options you used to only have one option and it was cable now we got a hundred thousand subscriptions yeah. and a hundred thousand things that probably equal the cost of cable and you know what's funny about that is shannon was literally looking at our cable bills like this is stupid because we started mm-hmm. out so good and then i don't know how it creeps it creeps 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 the, the add-ons the add-ons when they want you, they give you a special uh, promotion that lasts for three months. Or so. See, I, well, I've gone uh-huh. through They won't yep. even accept calls from me at the cable company because, uh, you know, they give you a promotion and they say, oh, it's fifty nine ninety nine. You know, here's your Internet and all that package. And, you know, for three months, it's fifty nine ninety nine. And then on that four month now, see, they don't even notify you that. The, the promotion oh, no. has gone just away. Go it's no it longer there. And then, you, you, you know, you're going on, you send them their fifty nine ninety nine, and then your cable gets disconnected. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> pay your bills, first of all. Listen, oh, it's not, I'm not just saying for me, but I'm just saying, because you knew your bill was $60, you know. And the, no, for and sure. Then, they then, do that. And then if you call and you threaten you to cancel, they'll threaten give you another bill. Your $60 is now 120 Yeah, yeah, so they'll Uh, give you a little credit keep you there for another three times but I digress the reason why my actual cable bill I've realized has gone up a little bit is because of my lovely sister Renee Montgomery who gives us these wonderful projects of watching things (laughs) and we turn on HBO Max and then once you turn something on and you see all the things that are available it's over turn it off so we haven't turned off HBO Max we haven't turned off I'm gonna tell your dad why you gonna tell daddy what's gonna tell (laughs) you know we didn't allow that at our house oh my gosh yes we know we we didn't have BET until 2002 I just want to say that. Oh, wow. A <laughs> lot of mercy. <laughs> joined by a former NFL Offensive Player of the Year, Chris Johnson, who is also owner of Just Love Coffee Cafe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Chris, first of all, thank you for joining us here on Montgomery and Company. I want to run down your list of accolades just so we're all on the same page because you were certified. You had the nickname CJ2K because you were the, only the sixth player to reach the 2,000 yards rushing club that same year. You set an NFL single season record, which still stands at 2,509 yards from scrimmage. You trail only Eddie George and Earl Campbell on the franchise's career rushing list. So I've seen you tweet about it from here or there, but do you think that you've done enough? in your career to be considered a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I think I have. Some of those numbers that you named off, that's solidified right there. But I was the sixth guy to rush for 2,000 yards. There's only been eight guys in the history of the whole football league to ever rush for 2,000 yards. And, like, I was talking to somebody one time, and they brought it up, and they was just saying they feel like if you hit that mark, that's sort of like an automatic Hall of Fame, like, because only eight guys ever but, you know, I had the 2,500 yards, period. Like, that's the – no one has ever done that in the history of the NFL. And, like, I'm the only guy to ever, ever do that. I had six back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing season. There's not many who have done that. Um, I probably – I think I got, like, eight touchdowns over 80 yards. The next closest guy in history only have, like, three or four. So um, – yeah, yeah. I just feel like I, I changed the dynamic of the game at my position. Anytime I feel like a player at any position has changed the dynamic of like the whole entire football league and, and things like that, that speaks for itself. So um, I think I should be in the Hall of Fame, but you know, it's not up to me. So only thing I can do is just sit back and pray about it and and hopefully they do the right thing. That's it. Change the game. And when you were at East Carolina, your senior year, you had 2,960 all-purpose yards and 24 touchdowns. And when you retired from the NFL, you went back to ECU and you got your diploma. Now, you tweeted something out that I thought was interesting because where we are in this place now, you said, if they're going to use you for your talent, you use them for their education. And now with name, image, and likeness exploding on the scene, we see that that's kind of happening now. Athletes are making millions. So what are your thoughts? Because you were kind of ahead of it on that in that tip. You know, I love that situation. Like, we're really in school, but we we poor. Especially student athletes, like, we focus so much on our sport. And then school, like, you really don't have time to get a job. Like, I don't really know anybody that I played with that was on scholarship that still had a job. Like, it's impossible. So it's like, you know, we get our monthly checks, like, when we move off, off campus, but... By the time we pay rent and bills and stuff like that, you might have, like, $200 left for the rest of the month. 
So, you know, we living off oodles and noodles and... Alrighty. Yeah, we living like that. So, basically, like, being there, they can... The school can go and sell... Even though they can't put your name on the back of it, but they might sell... Like, I was number five. So, like, you you go to the games on Saturdays and you see the stadium full of number five jerseys. So... And they selling these jerseys for $30, $40, and, like, they're making all this money. But at the end of the day, Saturday after the game, when I go back home, I'm back to reality. I can't eat. My thing, what I take on the whole thing is I love the situation. I just hope it don't be a distraction. I hope that the guys continue to stay hungry. I was talking to somebody, and it's like, okay, yeah, somebody get, like, a $500,000 million deal, and they might feel like, okay, they got it now. They made it. They ain't hungry enough. And then, you know, they ain't got that same dog in them. And they, they kind of shut down. They don't make it. They don't look at the big picture or whatever. Yep. Yeah, you got a million dollar now, but you can stay hungry, go to the lead, make $40, 100000000 million. So I just hope the guys that, that are getting the money, getting the million dollars, the big money or whatever like that in college, I hope they just continue to stay hungry. It's interesting because that's the other side of it, because I agree. That's why you see athletes go pro so early, especially on the NBA side. A lot of times you hear it's for financial reasons that they want to go pro. So it's great that they are getting the money. But to your point, yeah, you got to stay hungry, young bucks. And not only did you get your degree, but you took it a step further. And now you have your own business. Just love Coffee Cafe which is for coffee lovers. If you're a coffee lover, that's where you need to be. But there's much more than just coffee at your cafe. When I was doing a little research, the food is turned up. You got Fruity Pebbles, waffles, gluten-free donuts, cupcakes, you name it. So what made you want to open Just Love Coffee Cafe? Yeah, people ask me that a lot. And like, I'm not even like a big coffee drinker. I was a big coffee drinker. And then like that, um, when I first originally retired, you know, it's hard, like, for us athletes, we so used to playing sports and stuff like that. So, like, when I retired, like, just trying to get into something, like, trying to do something, like, invest in something, business-wise, something or whatever like that. So, initially, when I first was trying to get into something, I wanted to do, like, juicing, like a healthy juicing mm-hmm. um, situation, juice bar or something like that or whatever. So, I was just doing some research and, like, while I'm doing this research on different stuff as far as, like, trying to get into the juicing and the juice shop and stuff like that. Also, that mixed with me going back to school. Like, sometimes, like, I used to have to go study. I have to go do certain things, and I used to just go to different coffee shops. Ah, I like that. So you kind of got the idea of coffee shops because while you were in school and getting your diploma after you went back after you retired, that's where you found yourself a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's where I found myself. But, like, when so, like, when I was in there... I noticed, like, yeah, a lot of people come in, they love coffee, but all these different shops that I'm going to, like, they don't have a good food menu. Um, I had a meeting with some people up in um, Nashville. Um, You know, they do a lot of different franchise, and I seen the coffee shop. And I'm like, so when I started looking into it, I seen their food menu, so I did a, um, we set up a meeting. I went to the location, whatever, so they basically cooked all the food for me. And I taste the food. The food was good. Um, I'm not going to lie. I never really tasted the coffee, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. You 
ain't tasted your own coffee and just love coffee. I tasted it now. I'm talking about at the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of a, a tea guy, hot tea. Mm. Oh, same, same. That's all me anyway. I'll take a London fog all day long. So here's the thing. Not only do you add a menu, you've been going around different coffee shops. You added a menu, but there was other things. You know, I saw that Just Love Coffee Cafe is has a unique thread in the community. You know, you do performances there. There's different things going on in your coffee shop. Tell me about that. Yeah, we do a lot of different things. Like we try to do an open mic night, things like that, a kids night, something for the high schools, like a whole lot of different things. Like the newest thing that I'm looking in to get into, I'm trying to do a coffee and paint night. But um, just trying to do different things to bring the community in. Something about you, we all know, is that you're fast. You ran a 42440, which who does that? That's weird. Why can you run that fast? That's just weird. You ran so fast that the National Geographic in 2013 thought they was going to have you race against an actual cheetah. Chris, an actual (laughs) cheetah. Tell me what it was like to race for 220 feet on a 220 foot long course against a real live animal, a cheetah. Like, who does that? Man, that was crazy. Like, you know, when I was coming (laughs) up, I used to see all the different people racing against different things like horses and whatever it was, different things. And so when they brought the opportunity to me, I'm like, what? A cheetah? Like, (laughs) how we gonna pull that off or whatever? (laughs) Right. That's crazy, like, yeah. So what was it like? Who won? Tell me about it. What's up? Man, the cheetah ended up beating me at the end. He barely won, man. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> like, it was wild. Like, what? when I first got there, like, basically how they set the race up, like, they built a wall up in between the lanes so the cheetah couldn't get to me or whatever. So <laughs> when I first arrived to the race, like, they did a, um, a test run. And, like, when they did the test run, the cheetah jumped over the wall. Oh, no! <laughs> no! no. Oh, no. <laughs> what? He jumped over the wall, so I, I had to wait a while because they had to build the fence, make it higher. <laughs> no, sir. Oh, no. Did, did, at any moment, did you think, maybe I shouldn't take this race? Like, did that ever cross your mind? Nah, not really. Once I seen <laughs> once I seen what they was doing, making it higher or whatever, like, I, I was comfortable with it. I'm glad they did a test run and it didn't happen like during the actual race. That was, that was crazy. What? That's crazy. That is crazy. But I mean, not a lot of people can say that they raced an actual cheetah. Your unbelievable speed has set records that even still stand to this day. A little over a year ago, you signed a one day contract that retired you as a member of the Titans, which rightfully so as you should be like we talked about still hold records in the book to this day but now you're a co-host of titans blitz at nissan stadium alongside host lance smith so congrats on that gig by the way that's turned i know you went to ecu for communication so you were ready for this position but what's it like to go from being like a fan favorite while you were playing to now you're a broadcaster for the team I always wanted to get into something but i didn't want it like people be asking me all the time like do you want to coach do you want to Whatever, whatever, like, I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't really want to coach because I ain't really got the patience like that. Hello, somebody. <laughs> yeah, but I always knew I wanted to still be involved in the game in some type of way. Just didn't know exactly what or how much. I went to school for communications and broadcasting and all that. So I'm glad that I was able to go back to school first 
and get my degree and learn some new stuff and stuff like that and then now I'm able to use that as far as with working with them or whatever so I, I feel like what I'm doing right now is, is perfect um, to be able to go back up there and you know record the show and stuff like that like i got Lit. they got so much love for me in tennessee it's crazy like so even much. when i even when i go back like they make me feel like i still play and stuff like that so it's crazy and That's i tell awesome. people that all the time even with me you know like i'm you know i'm in the broadcast space as well and it you feel connected to the game i never wanted to be a coach for the same reasons i don't necessarily have the patience i'm not built for it i'm not built for trying to you know i want to be able to control the game more than that i think would be me so i definitely feel you and all of that and you mentioned it the fans have been showing you so much love and it's awesome to see and you're a girl dad and we talk about this a lot on this pod because as you see this is a, a pod of this me my sister my mom my fiance we're women led and you're a girl dad you have a daughter called honey love johnson who is a star in the making follow her on social media if you aren't but then you also have <laughs> Two twin boys, twin juices now. I heard they're budding football stars, and you have to tell me if this is true. Did they receive their first offer at eight years old from Tennessee State head coach Eddie George? Is this true? This can't be true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, he offered, we, were shooting, we were shooting the show for the draft and stuff like that. Yeah, he offered them on the show, so hey. I told him, I say, worst come to worst, man. You know, I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about, I feel you. Okay, so are there baby CJ2Ks in the making? Like, I saw a couple videos. They look like they got your speed. Like, what's their game? Yeah, yeah. One of them played running back. The other one played receiver. And then on defense, they play um, cornerback or whatever. But, you know, I'm so hard and my expectations so hard. Like, you know, they, they be trying to call themselves CJ2K. And KJ2K, I tell you, I ain't did nothing yet, man. Y'all ain't did nothing. Like, I'm hard on you them. You gotta like, earn it. Yeah, you gotta earn it, man. I, I'm like, I'm hard on them. Like, so I be helping out their football team, whatever. Like, I be helping out coaching and stuff like that. Like, just I helping teaching it. the kids awesome. and stuff like that. But I still play my part in the back. Like, I still don't understand how these coaches coach Lily. Oh my gosh. Like, Ooh, I don't either. Crazy by now. Yeah, but. Man, they, they doing a good job. They hard workers. They love to work. And, man, I just hope they follow in my footsteps. Okay, so one last question because we talked about talent runs in your family. So what does generational wealth mean to you then now that you got these budding stars, you have children, girl, dad? Um, It means a lot to me. Like, I used to be like that when I was, like, even when I was playing the game and stuff like that, like, I was like, man, I done made it. Like, I done got the big contracts, endorsement deals and stuff like that. Like, when I retire, like, I'm just be chilling. Like, I, I've been going to school, working out, playing football, like, my whole entire life. Like, I never really had yeah. a chance to have a break. And that's what I was like. When I when I retire, that's what I'm going to do. But I just ain't understand back then, like, general wealth, like, it's crazy. Like, I don't, I don't want my kids to have to, like, grow up the way I did, like, I want them to be able to, like, if they don't decide to play sports or whatever like that, I want them to be able to have something when they're done with college. Like, I got the coffee shop. They get done with college. I love to give them the shop, and they it's their shop. They run it. Like, that's love. All that type of stuff. So, like, it's so important to me. Like, that's so that's awesome. why I still go hard to this day. Because, like, a lot of people are like, why you don't just chill and have your feet up? You, you made all the money. Like, nah, like, I feel like... 
it's never enough money. Like so, that's why I still grind the way I do to still continue to try to do things. Like the coffee shop, that's my first actual shop or whatever. But it's different things I want to get into. Like one day I want to open up a bar. Everything that I did, like in high school, college, and in the league, was for me. Like everything I'm doing now, I feel like I'm doing all of that stuff for my kids and generation wealth and stuff like that. So beautiful, beautiful. I love it. We talk about generational wealth a lot here. And we also like to play games because me being an athlete, I gotta play games. And so now we're gonna play a little game we call the crossover. Cause here at Montgomery and Company, we're the intersection of business and family. I talked about it a little bit, but we have my sister, which is Nicole Young. She's the CEO of the company. Serena Grace is my PR and then my Miss Snooker Booker, which is my mom. She is my executive advisor so you got to pick one of them to be on your team it's going to be team johnson versus team montgomery and co who you going mom sister fiance which one you rolling with um um i'm going <laughs> let me see i'm going mama i'm going mama, mama okay <laughs> okay so snooker booker has joined team johnson team montgomery and company is going to be serena and nicole so the first thing we like to play is a little game called two truths and a lie team montgomery and co which one of y'all are going this time with your two truths and a lie to start out uh do you want to go or do you want me to go it you can matter. go this is your turn <laughs> all right serena let's hear it okay so for the first round my two truths and a lie are when I was in band in fifth grade, I played the trumpet and the drums. I also play guitar and I'm fluent in three languages. Hmm. Oh, wow. So Snook and you have help, Chris. Snook, do you have any? <laughs> I don't even know the answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was these are tough. So uh, I haven't known Serena all of her life, but she said when she was in the fifth grade, she played the trumpet and the drums and the drums and then was number two you also play the guitar yes and then number three was i'm fluent in three languages mm -hmm. okay so we know she's fluent in two languages <laughs> <laughs> and so that third one we i don't know i don't really know about the third one unless you count dialects in a certain language so you could have uh, <laughs> so snook what's your what's your hint that you're gonna give to, to chris uh, what would you guess i would go with number one maybe that she played the trumpet and the drums in the fifth so grade. snook says the There's lie a lot is of detail that, there that might yeah. not be true so snook said the lie is the trumpets and drums girl you wasn't doing that in the fifth grade what do you <laughs> what's your guess chris um i'm um yeah, I'm going to say I don't think she was doing that in fifth grade. <laughs> okay, so Serena, the question is, were you playing the drums and the trumpet in the fifth grade? I was in band, and I did play the trumpet and the drums in fifth grade. And, but that was the only time I ever played it. I do not play guitar. And I actually understand four languages, but I say three because I, I studied Italian for three years in college. So Italian, wow. English, and Spanish. And I do Excuse understand Portuguese. Me. Okay. Sorry about so that's that. zero <laughs> points for Team Johnson in that first round. But Chris, make it back. Mm. You're two, mm. two truths and a lie what are they let's hear it okay um my two truths and a lie um i love track and field okay um 
I love watching um, Lifetime Movie Network. <laughs> you can make this hard. I don't know. That sounds like bizarre. So I think, I think that one's true. But And I'm a good cook. I'm a good cook. Oh, I can believe that one. This is tough. Okay, okay. So the three options to choose from Montgomery and Company. Two. Number two seemed a little specific to me because I, I know some guys that do like some yeah, Lifetime yeah, yeah. Network yeah, movies. I, I okay. do that, uh, you know, they don't want to say it, but they do say it. Um, <laughs> oh, man, this is tricky because I know that athletes, Renee's an athlete. She's a basketball player, but she also does love, love track and field. A lot, of la- a lot of athletes like track and field because something about it. I, well, don't know, I, think, like he likes, I think that's the truth because of speed. So I think he does love it because yes. you know, he's, he's a speed man. So Speed kills. That's a good one. But I think the lie is the cooking. I think it's like he said, they didn't have, you know, he was in a dorm. He was either practice and he was or he was, you know, he didn't have that time. So I'm I'm thinking maybe the cooking part of it is the one that's what you think? The final oh, you answer, think? Montgomery and company. I want to go with number two, but I think I think Cole just convinced me of number three. So we're going to oh, go with number three. Oh, no, she's going to go with me. Which one's the Which one's the lie? Which one's so the lie? final answer, Team Montgomery and company says, Chris, you are not the cook. You say you are. Is that the truth? Yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you like Lifetime. That's awesome. I, I love it. I was like, that's too specific. I know yes. that he's telling the truth. Yeah, I love Lifetime. Wow. You love Lifetime. I love that you love Lifetime. I will just say that, but we're going to move on to the second round, which is just a simple true or false question. And this time, we're going to start with Team Johnson. And the question is going to be a coffee question. Since you have a coffee shop, we're going to see if you know a little bit about coffee, okay? Even though we know that you said you didn't even taste the coffee beforehand. But true or false, Finland is the home to the biggest coffee lovers in the world. True or false, Team Johnson? I say false. Okay, so false, final answer? Final answer. All right, and that is a, uh, it's true. Finland is home to the biggest coffee lovers in the world. I had no idea. 27.5 pounds of coffee each year, according to the International Coffee Organization, which compares compares to only 11 pounds per year in America. So they double the amount of coffee they drink over there in Finland. Chris, you might want to open up a Just Love Coffee over there. I'm trying to drop a little (laughs) nugget on your questions. I was like, where do they get their coffee from? I thought it was like Columbia or Columbia. Columbia too. Okay. Yeah. Listen, they consume 27.5 pounds a year. So that's that's out there. Now, Team wow. Montgomery and Company, your true or false question is Chris Johnson played for the Tennessee Titans, the Jets, and the Cardinals in the NFL. True or false? Oh boy. <laughs> I only know of one that's right. Yeah, me too. What do you think? Oh my gosh. I think that, I think, I don't know. I'm thinking that this one. Ooh, I, I want to say false. I was going to say false, false because, we're, yeah, his, his face. Gonna false. <laughs> we're going to say false. She I think said it's false. false because his face. Yeah, like when she said, when she said one of those teams, he looked like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> like you put me on here with one of my uh, enemies. Let's go. Hilarity. The final answer is it is true. Chris played oh, for the Tennessee oh, Titans, the man. Jets, and the Cardinals in oh, the NFL. Man. We have poker faces over here. Don't try to look at an athlete's face and <laughs> determine anything. Athletes. I forgot. What's wrong? Look at my background. That's one of the teams. Oh, right there is a cardinal right there on the wall. It sure is. I didn't know the other. Shame, shame, shame. I don't shame. know these, these teams. 
Last, the last round, which we like to call generational money. The score is one to nothing. Team Montgomery and Co. Team Johnson, you have zero. But the good news about generational money, which is the third round, is it's just like Family Feud's Fast Money, where you get a point per answer this round. So any man's game. Team Johnson, you will go first. Chris, you have 10 seconds to name, and you answer after I start, finish the question. You have 10 seconds to name the eight running backs that rush for 2,000 yards in a season. Go. O.J. Simpson, Barry Sanders, uh-huh. Terrell uh-huh. Davis, um, Eric Dickerson, yep. um, Adrian Peterson, myself, yep. Derrick Henry, and Jamal... Please. That was eight of eight at the buzzer, oh baby. Gosh. Eight of eight. Okay, oh. that's amazing. Now, Team Montgomery and Co., you have the same 10 seconds. And what you have to answer in 10 seconds is name seven continents. Go. Oh South America, South America, uh, South America, North America, Australia, Africa, Europe. Uh, what's another one? Uh, oh, Woo! oh man, I was great. Say, I was like, uh, because I was trying to think about the one she already named. Asia, like, Asia, 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 Asia. Times up. We already know Team Johnson got eight of eight, <laughs> which leaves them. Y'all only got five, which gave you one point. Team Johnson wins the crossover. Chris Johnson, Yay! good luck with your Just Love Coffee. You might want to open one in Finland. And thank you for joining us on Montgomery and Company. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Chris, for having nice me. Nice meeting you. Good Chris, luck. My, my son is going to be so amazed that I was actually on a Zoom with you. He's not going to even believe it. He is the biggest Chris, can you say hi, Vance? That's say my Vance. Just say hi, Vance. How you doing, Vance? Let's go. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. So they say we all start peaking, all star weekend, and we're both coming off of Super Bowl and all star weekend. As we know, next year, NBA All Star will be in Salt Lake City. I don't know if they're going to show up Cleveland, but we shall see. The next Super Bowl is actually going to be in Arizona, which I think could be dope because Phoenix is one of my favorite places to visit WNBA-wise. And speaking of WNBA, our All-Star is going hasn't been announced yet, which is kind of crazy, but I definitely am going to be there. Montgomery and company, we're going to start doing some things where hopefully we go mobile. So hopefully next Super Bowl, we'll see y'all there. Next NBA All-Star, we'll see y'all there. And next WNBA All-Star, we will definitely see y'all this year. All right? See y'all next week. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.